This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And many New York locations and many cities across this country are busting at the seams. They are just busting at the seams with so many migrants that are coming into the community. In New York City alone, guys, there have been over a 100,000. That's been on record. You know, there's been probably many, many more. And now there's word uh, that this location, Randall's Island, that we've been talking about, is expected to open next week. Uh, many more locations with single adult men pretty much lined up. Uh, also, the Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility uh, has about a thousand beds. Again, single male migrants all there in one big sort of tent city. And they're popping up all over the United States, but especially, no wonder they're coming to New York. They're hearing free phone. They're hearing a nice four or five star hotel. They're hearing free food, free health care. They can hang out at Times Square. They can do all the fun things, go to a Broadway show if they want. I don't blame them for wanting to come here. Uh, New York is the greatest place in the world, although it's been a mess lately. But, boy, New York is busting at the seams. And I am so fed up with hearing so many different Democratic leaders essentially saying, you know, give us more money. What about saying, Mr. President, please close the border? And where is this going to end? Uh, my buddy Curtis Lewa, of course, who hosts uh, his great show, and you'll hear him on uh, the other side of midnight on 77 WABC tonight. Well, he got arrested a couple of days ago. He's going to be out at another protest on Sunday, he was saying, because there's a lot of places to protest. But it's just amazing to me. It's amazing to me that these protests didn't pop up sooner, quite frankly, that other residents weren't angry sooner. I mean, wouldn't you think they I would believe me if they were like, uh, I can imagine what it's like in Texas. I'm surprised there's not like 5000 protests every day in Texas, because if New York is busting at the seams, uh, New York, uh, Texas is like a disaster zone. El Paso. There was a long time where they were sleeping on the streets and the shelters were being overrun. And now it is back at that location today. You could see some of the new images that just came out in the last few hours. And it is unbelievable. It looks like a third world nation. And I am a big supporter of immigrants coming to this country and what it, you know, it makes America great. We got Baba the cab driver, who I know is a fan of the show and Baba is probably one of the best among us. He's a patriotic guy, and he loves listening to patriotic radio, which is fantastic, like the Rita Cosby show and other shows. And so we have so many great folks. That's what makes America great. We are a melting pot. 
and I'm a first-generation American. My parents came over on the Queen Mary. My father could barely speak English when he came over, but they worked hard, and it took five years until they were able to become citizens. They were vetted. They were checked, certainly checked if they had criminal records, certainly checked, you know, for health issues, had to learn the language, had to pass all these tests. They went through a lot of hard work. They came over, and it took, again, like six years, basically, until they could actually become American citizens. So I think it cheapens the process. It cheapens the value of being an American, what it means to be a citizen of this great, great country. I'm a proud American woman, as we were talking in the last block, last hour of the show. And so as we are talking about all these things, there's a value, there's a moral issue, but there's also a huge national security threat. We don't know who these people are. We can't keep track of them. And the Biden administration is pulling the wool over our eyes. Why are they continuing to do it? And the Democrats are talking out of both sides of their mouth. On one end, they're like, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible. But then their solution is, give me more money. It's not close the border, Mr. President. Think about what it would have done if some of these other Democrats that are now speaking out loudly, if they had raised their voices as soon as they realized that people were coming to their sanctuary cities and had an epiphany that maybe it's not a good idea to advertise that you're a sanctuary city. It's like, ka-ching, 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 come on in, right? And that's what they're doing. And so now we're at this busting point, and they're like, oh, gosh, we need more money. What, so we can house more? I mean, they're even talking about Nassau Coliseum in Nassau County, New York. What is Madison Square Garden is next? I mean, you know, we were talking about what are they going to kick out the boss and Billy Joel and everybody else? No way. But this is what they're talking about. What about taking over what? Mohegan Sun in Connecticut? What about uh, the Sands in Las Vegas? I mean, there are so many different things that are happening and it seems like nothing's off limits. I'm happy to hear that now the New York City mayor at least is talking about maybe some jails because there's some locations that have not been used in a long time. What about Rikers is one of the things we've talked about because there are tens of thousands of potential locations there where people could be housed. You could put a lot of people there and that would actually serve them. You could be isolated. You could vet them. You could check them. You could do all these things. But boy, this is just, I I don't see any end in sight. It is really, really scary. And so now the New York City mayor is saying, you know what? Uh, we need to declare a state of emergency. He's trying to plead and say there should be a state of emergency here so we can maybe get some federal help. And here is what Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, had to say when she was asked that question about it. Take a listen. Uh, she kind of... Dodges and weaves, so to speak. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has asked the White House to declare a state of emergency over asylum seekers. Is that something the president is considering? All I can say is this. We are having a conversation, regular in regular conversation with the mayor of New York City and obviously uh, as well uh, with the governor uh, of the state of New York. And these are uh, conversations that uh, uh, we have had for some time. And. This is the Nassau County Executive, Bruce Blakeman, uh, who said, you know what? We don't want them 
in our backyard because they're talking about the Nassau Coliseum. And uh, he said, no, 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 that ain't going to work. Take a listen to this. It is not going to happen here in Nassau County. We are not inviting immigrants and migrants into the county that are here from south of the border and not using the proper and normal channels. There have been crime problems as a result of not vetting the people who are coming across the border. So where is all of this going with the migrants? Do you see an end in sight? And as we were talking about the debates, there is no doubt this is going to be a huge, huge issue because this week, uh, the GOP candidates, all of them have talked about closing the border, about the need for a wake up call to this administration. I think, uh, the open border that we have seen that has created millions of people to cross the border illegally in the last two plus years since this president has taken over is really one of the greatest derelictions of his presidency. And Mayorkas was grilled this week, the Homeland Security Secretary. There is no doubt that this, to me, is a catastrophic time. This is so disastrous and so dangerous for our country that we have opened the floodgates. We're going to feel the effects for generations to come. We don't know who they are. We don't know their medical background. We don't know their criminal background. And then you're going to put them up in locations like this one we were talking about, Creedmoor, uh, which is in Queens, right across the street is a school, and then there's a park. I mean, what could go wrong there? 1,000 single adult men, maybe a couple of them with gang tattoos. And there was this horrible story that just came out about several men uh, that were taken in Mexico. And the gangs just wanted to, like, prove a little message about how tough they were and to send a message to other people not to necessarily cross the gangs. And they also did this, uh, which is just so horrible. They did this lore basically telling these guys, it was five young men, saying that there's a job opportunity for a private security position. This happened in Mexico. But this just shows how ruthless these gangs are. And these are the ones that are controlling the border, that are bringing the people in through human trafficking, through drug smuggling, all the fentanyl coming in. And this gang, this Mexican drug cartel, lures five young men, uh, and they were reported missing for a long time. Now they suddenly found the video, and it's just horrific. Uh, they were beaten. Uh, they were duct taped. They were stabbed. They were beheaded. Uh, the boys, the young men, ranged from age 19 to 22. And they were lured at the opportunity of working for a private security firm. And this gang wanted to just send a message uh, to just basically show how tough they were and to anybody, you know, who might want to cross the gangs. How scary is that? This is dangerous stuff. And these are the ones who are basically controlling our borders right now. And you know that there are a number of gang members that have definitely gotten into our country. A number of them have been caught already that were on the big, you know, terrorist watch list and other criminal watch lists. But most of them have just slipped through. And that's why this is such a dangerous time for our country. And I really do believe we will feel the effects of Biden's horrible open border policy for decades to come. What are your thoughts, everybody? And where do you see an end in sight, uh, especially 
if Joe Biden remains in office, which clearly he is, at least until the next election, and unless the Democrats put on their big boy pants and big girl pants and say, Mr. President, enough. I don't know if I see a Democratic leader at this point who actually has the courage to actually say that to the president. They need to. And I think Americans all over the place, Republicans, Democrats, it's not a, a political issue. It's an American issue. It's a security issue. I think they'll be clapping loudly. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sal on line four. Sal, your thoughts. Rita, you're talking about what happened in Mexico, the beheading. Right here in New York City, a former teacher at the 30th Street Men's Shelter on 30th Street First Avenue by Bellevue and the VA hospital that Biden and Harris attempted to close. They also tried to close the Brooklyn VA in Bay Ridge, your neck of the woods. They attacked the former teacher and cut his head off between Hanukkah and Christmas, past recent times, and played catch with his head. Uh, wow. Wow. Now, who did this, Sal? Who did this? Who did this? The thugs who run the 30th Street Men's Shelter. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Well, Sal, let me just, Sal, hang on. Sal, obviously, that is just atrocious, and there's huge issues with crime and other stuff. Let's stay focused, if we could, on the migrant issue. Uh, Where do you see this going? Where do you see it headed? I challenge moron mayor Eric Adams, evil asswipe, I challenge him when he gets the $13 billion to put half of that to establish a city-run retirement home for New York City for American veterans since there isn't one. By the way, by the way, I 1,000% agree with you that we should be putting the money to Americans first and to veterans first. Uh, That is a really powerful... uh, (laughs) It is such a powerful statement. And also we're hearing that a number of them have been displaced in all of this. I see so many of them on the streets. Uh, we desperately, desperately need their help. And yet in the middle of all this, just like you said, it's like a free for all for the migrants. And that's why I'm actually shocked that people have not started complaining and picketing and protesting sooner. It's like, you know, everybody seemed to think, Oh, it's okay. Uh, and then suddenly when they realize it's in their neighborhood and it's affecting their kids' schools or their kids' soccer field or, you know, or it's right by their bus stop, uh, suddenly surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, but I'm happy to see that people are talking about it because, uh, these Democratic leaders in particular, they can't turn a blind eye to it. It is so bad and it's affecting so many people and their policies Started it. It created it. They could have said no. They could have said no. We don't want to do it. We would love to be hospitable. We'd love to bring everybody in. Uh, but you know, we just have to be take care of our residents first, maybe down the road. But they didn't do that. They said neon sign. Come on in. And now they're trying to act like Barney Fife. Surprise, surprise, surprise. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls. After the break, this is the Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
You can never go wrong with a little Billy Joel on a Friday night. And don't you dare touch Madison Square Garden or other places. You're talking about the Nassau Coliseum. And the chief county executive over there is a guy named Bruce Blakeman. And he said, this is just nuts. And guess what? All of this talk about moving migrants in and nothing being off the table in terms of locations, he says, really hurts us all. And guess what? Who's paying for it? We are. Well, what's lost in this whole debate is the fact that taxpayers are paying for this. I mean, we have enough to do here in the metropolitan area and throughout the United States of America for people who are here legally, people who came here and came the right way, and they need services, and we provide those services. We provide a safety net, but now we're being inundated with hundreds of thousands of people that haven't been vetted. They're causing law enforcement problems, homeland security problems. There's fentanyl coming over across the border. We have to stop this lunacy. We have to stop this lunacy. But unless Democratic leaders and good citizens continue to speak out, unless residents say, not in my backyard, it is not going to change. And if the border keeps leaking like a sieve and nobody plugs it, what are you going to do? By the way, I was just hearing the other day that on the border, remember how Biden, as soon as he took office, it was like, okay, I'm changing everything that's Trump. And Trump wanted the border wall. He was like, uh, 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 we're just going to stop construction. Even all the money, all the equipment, all that stuff, it's just sitting there, a lot of it in New Mexico. Guess what? I'd love to have some of the money that was allocated to that help our veterans. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, it looks more and more likely that former President Trump is going to miss the first GOP debate. Now, the first one, which is long awaited, and many people are trying to figure out who's going to even be in that debate because it seems to switch and turn every day. Well, now we are hearing that President Trump is looking to plan some sort of counter programming. Do you think that that's the right move? I actually think it is absolutely the right move. Um, When I was talking with President Trump, gosh, a couple months ago, myself and John Katsimatidis on Katz and Cosby, which we love doing on WABC radio every day at five o'clock. Well, when President Trump was talking with us, he essentially said that why would I debate right now? You know, there's not really a reason. If he stays so far ahead of everybody else, there's not really a reason to debate. And then he also looked back at history and said, look, whenever the candidate has been ahead by leaps and bounds, and it's not like he's an unknown It's not like he needs to get out there for name recognition or for people to know who he is or what he stands for. People already know exactly who he is. They knew who he was even before he got into the race in 2016. And that's in part, I think, why he was so quickly catapulted to number one on the GOP side there, because, of course, of the name recognition and his charisma and national acclaim and world international acclaim. So when he was talking with John and me a couple months ago now, he said, you know, look, I'm far ahead. And if I stay far ahead, there's not really a reason. And there's only really a downside because you think about it. If he gets into this tussle and it's him and it's say it's like a DeSantis um, or say it's, you know, uh, you know, uh, Suarez of, you know, of Miami say it's any of those guys, and say if there's an issue with any of those particular guys and they kind of get into a tussle, how does that help Trump? It only helps them, you know, and it's such a huge disparity. Some of the new polls are really amazing how much of a leap he has amongst everybody. He's like 52, 53, 51%. And some of the others, DeSantis, is tanking. I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, DeSantis in one of the polls was like 13%. And Vivek Ramaswamy is right there behind him at 11%. Most people can't even spell Vivek Ramaswamy. I know who Vivek is. We've talked to him, too, as well. But now he's certainly gotten onto the national stage. He's made a name for himself. And so, yeah, debate is going to help a DeSantis. Maybe if he has a breakout moment, maybe he can catapult, re-kind of return his campaign, if you will, because it seems to be going in the wrong direction. Vivek Ramaswamy, if he has a, a big breakout moment, it could catapult him, go before Ron DeSantis. I mentioned Mayor Suarez of Miami, who now he says that he has gotten in 
uh, that he's just made the criteria. You have to be, I think it's like 1% at least, in several national polls, which isn't a very high bar, by the way, but there are a number of candidates, and you have to have 40,000 different donors. So a number of them got one issue, one threshold, but they didn't get the other. There's a couple that are still on the cusp. Um, we know that Pence is going to be in the debate. We know that Christie's going to be in the debate. And boy, Christie especially would love nothing better than to have Donald Trump right there because he has made it his mission to go after Donald Trump. And then Pence just came out the other day also, remember, and was saying essentially that he uh, has a lot of issues with Donald Trump. For a while, he was like, well, you know, uh, I don't really want to say anything about January 6th. Now he's kind of coming out. So he would love nothing better than Donald Trump being there. So, I again, I think it helps all of them. But I don't think it helps really Donald Trump. So if Donald Trump's not there, it really does change the dynamic in the debate. Because what are they going to do? Start arguing about Donald Trump, but he's not really there. That doesn't necessarily help their campaign. And there was a leaked memo that came out a few hours ago that's making tons of headlines. And it was tied to the DeSantis campaign. And this just shows how worried Ron DeSantis is that there was a leaked campaign memo that came out that showed that he has to hammer Vivek Ramaswamy in the debates. If somebody had said that to Ron DeSantis a few months ago, they would have said, what are you, crazy? I'm uh, a shoe-in, at least for number two, and probably, hopefully, he was hoping number one. But guess what? He does need to probably hammer Vivek Ramaswamy, because Vivek is right on his back right now. And people are connecting with Vivek right now. You can see there's a momentum with him. He did this little rap when he was down there in Iowa and people liked it. And he's genuine and he's just got this personality. He seems like a real person, not sort of this like typical politician. Whether you agree with his views or not or whatever, it's a kind of a refreshing change. People just kind of like people who are just genuine, refreshing, interesting people on all sides, whether it's Republican or Democrat. You just want sort of real. And when they see it's like this polished, can politician who flips and flops or is trying to, like, cater to a poll or whatever, it just doesn't work. People can see right through that. And so DeSantis really does have to hammer Vivek Ramaswamy. He may not now, now that that leaked memo came out. He might be afraid to, you know, do it to concede that it was a real memo. He might try to change the strategy. But it makes the debate look so much different if, indeed, President Trump is not in the debate. And it looks like right now there are reports, according to the New York Times, and it fits with what he told us a couple months ago, that, A, he's so far ahead in the polls. That's one. And, two, he also, we have to remember... That he also would love nothing more, I think, than to do something sort of kind of counter program Trump, uh, Fox, because he's had a little bit of a falling out with Fox. He's been on a number of Fox shows. He was just recently on with Larry Kudlow, our buddy on Fox Business, but he has a little bit of a mixed feeling about a number of people there on Fox and about the network and a couple things. And so, you know, he would love nothing better than to say, Well, I did a little bit of counter-programming. And look at the ratings at the counter-programming compared to the debate, which maybe didn't get the high ratings because I wasn't a part of it. So he can play sort of the ratings game guy and say, look, 
the blockbuster numbers were was I was not at the debate. And maybe then it makes the second or third debate, should he want to do that, uh, even better and even pull the ratings in even more and make it a must-visit event. So what do you think is the strategy behind it? Do you think it's the right move that it looks like he is probably not going to do the first debate, which is already next week? Uh, and it's in Milwaukee where the Republican National Convention is going to be. And earlier today, by the way, we were also talking with Lara Trump. And Lara was saying that, oh, you know, it's like my uh, my father-in-law to do something different, to surprise everybody, to keep them on their toes. And she believes that he will make some sort of surprise announcement, whether it's to show up or do some counter-programming. Uh, she didn't deny that he might come up with some creative counter-programming, like doing an interview with Tucker Carlson on like a Twitter or one of these other sort of, you know, uh, non-broadcast platforms, sort of a, a unique platform driving everybody there, whether it's tr- through Truth Social or whether it's through Twitter, wherever it is. But that is classic Donald Trump. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is Donald Trump talking about the poll numbers just a little bit ago. This is on his Truth Social because what he is saying now is because he is so far ahead of everybody else that it's time that they join forces and all support him to go after Biden. Is he right or is it too early in the game to make that announcement? Here is Trump just a little bit ago. Great polls just out, leading by 40, 50, and even 60 points. Who expected that? I did. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all very strong but also leading Biden very big. The sanctimonious is crashing. Perhaps the party should come together. People should drop out of the race. We unify and we beat Biden and the Democrats. They should be easier to beat because our country has never been in worse condition than it is right now. Thank you. What do you make of that declaration by the president that it's time to unify behind him Because he believes that with his enormous lead that the Republicans need to join together and to go up against Biden. And there's a lot of stuff with Biden with all these aliases on the emails. Uh, Even Bill Barr, this is interesting, his former attorney general, President Trump's former attorney general, who doesn't have a lot of... uh, You know, a lot of affection for the former president. They have definitely had a falling out for sure. Well, he said that he believes these federal cases against the president are troubling for the president. He believes they should move forward. He's against the state one, the Alvin Bragg one, and also the Georgia one. But what he is also saying is that he can't rule out voting for Trump. So despite even not being a fan of Trump's, He can't rule out that he might still vote for him. So is it time that everybody kind of coalesce with all these pylon of cases against President Trump, unify and give a full run against President Biden and focus also on all the stuff in Joe Biden's background now uh, that seems to be coming out, Uh, you know, where he said, I know nothing about my son's business deals. Well, now we find out that he's 
CCing his son on conversations with the president of Ukraine and using these alias names like Robert L. Peter, uh, J.R. Beware, all of these bizarre things. Why would you do that if it is all on the up and up? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota on line six. Dom, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, I didn't think I'd be doing this, but I got to put a st- pull a stand light on you and disagree with your assessment. Well, that's okay, because <laughs> I love you and I love everybody. So go ahead, give, give it here, to me, Dom. Here, here's my take on this. You know, I am still going to, if he's the nominee, I'm going to vote for him. I still believe in him. But I was listening to the interview on, I think it was either CNN or MSNBC or Vivek Ramaswamy. He seems to be really measured. And, you know, I think he said what is happening to Trump is unfair. I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to go any further beyond that. But I want to be what I am about. And I think Trump, if he should pull, he should pull an un-Trump at the debate by just going about the fray and not calling anybody names and then just say, you know what, I'm in here for you, like he keeps saying. I'm in in this race for the country and for you and not give insults to anybody. That will kind of rattle everybody else. And I'll bet you his points would go up another 20 points. So especially with the independents, I think the fact that he wants to do this thing on his own uh, will reflect badly on the people that are on the fence because that's okay. You make it about yourself, not the country. I don't want to believe that, but I'm thinking you know, he wants to bring the majority of people around to him. This is his opportunity knocking at the door. In my, it's in my sense. That's a brilliant idea, Dom. That is actually, I think, a superb point. Like, go in there because they're expecting him to be the pit bull that he was last time. Remember, where he was, like, toppling them all over. You know, Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz. I mean, I think about all of them. It was like, you know, it was like... uh you know, going into the ring, uh, and just like Mike Tyson punching everybody out. And then they were like, Oh, where, where was that one? I didn't even see it coming. But you actually bring up a really interesting point. Go in and be above the fray and be the sort of presidential President Trump. And then they don't really know what to do. And then they look small for going after and doing the little swipes and the little barbs. The only problem is, if he did that strategy, that would be brilliant. But if he goes back to the I'm going to punch him out strategy, I'm going in for verbal warfare strategy, then, you know, you you risk who knows. And also the other thing, Dom, uh, we the one thing we've seen with Trump is if somebody punches at him, I think it's going to be so hard for him not to punch back. That's his nature. So uh, the temptation, I think, is going to be too great, and they're all going to try to keep coming at them. And it's a very hard thing uh, to stay above the fray, even for anybody, let alone for President Trump. If they're coming at him from every different direction, I don't see him saying, oh, I'm going to be above the fray, and I'm just going to allow these punches to come in. He is going to, like, want to go in, you know, with guns blazing like Rambo. You know, he's not going to want to be uh, Mother Teresa at that moment, and that could backfire, just like you said. Uh, but that's a really great point, great suggestion. Everybody, what do you think? Should he debate? Should he say forget it, you know, because he has only stuff to lose, points to lose? Or should he do what Dom is suggesting, be above the fray 
and really surprise people and just make everybody else look petty. Is that possible? 1-800-848-9222. And we'll have more right after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And I am an American woman here on the Rita Cosby Show. We're rocking out on a Friday night. So what do you make of word that President Trump is planning not to do the debate next week? He hasn't officially announced it in typical Trump form. He's kind of keeping everybody hanging. And in fact, the Republican National Committee, which is holding the debate in Milwaukee, they haven't been officially told yet. Uh, he has still, I think it's like either 24 or 48 hours, but soon before the debate, there's a pretty narrow window. There, of course, hoping he will come because that also certainly helps with the ratings and it certainly will make it interesting. But you just heard Dom's take. Dom suggested from Minnesota he thought he should go, that Trump should go, and just kind of be above the fray, let them kind of throw barbs at him. I don't think Trump would ignore it. That's not his style. Uh, so I think he's better off not going and saying, hey, miss me? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Mike on line six. Mike, your thoughts um on line six. What do you think, Mike? Hey Rita, hi. Good evening. So as as far as your previous callers making that suggestion, that would be impossible for Donald Trump to do. Donald Trump is a narcissist. He he would be incapable of standing on a stage and having even the slightest of slights uh, directed towards him and not going hardcore after whoever would uh, suggest anything that would be negative towards Trump. Yeah, he's not going to want to hold back. Mike, you you know, you are right. He's not going to want to hold back. Um, and they're, you know, and, and not only that, that's just not his nature. He's a fighter and he, and his, his mantra is I fight for you, America. So I think that's, it would be impossible. I agree for many reasons. I think just cause it's not in his, in his blood. He likes to go for it and he likes to take it on. And, and I think for that reason, uh, he's better off not because he's doing so well in the polls though, Mike and the American, you know, obviously look. The Republican electorate, the American electorate so far, he is leaps and bounds above anybody else in the Republican field. But I still think they're important to watch. But I think he stays out. Poke of luck uh, that that happened at the fitness center. And there happened to be two off-duty EMTs there and two off-duty police officers. That's an incredible story. And the police statement said, quote, We'd like to commend all of them, everyone who jumped into action and rendered aid to save a stranger's life. Uh, the man is said to be doing okay as well. And obviously so thankful that he went to the right gym. 
uh, with both the EMTs and the officers there who jumped into action. And it just shows that our men and women in blue are always working and are always there supporting us, uh, whether they're on duty or off duty. And bravo to our men and women on the law enforcement there and also the EMTs as well. Well, we're talking about President Trump because now there's word that he is planning a counter program potentially with somebody like a Tucker Carlson on the night of the debate next week, uh, that he is planning not to be a part of that debate, that he feels he's so far ahead on the debate. And a lot of his advisors are saying, you know what? Stay out of it because you don't necessarily need to do it. It's not like people need to get to know who you are. And there's only an upside for the other candidates. You are so far ahead in the polls, which he truly is, uh, that why take a risk? Just sit it out. Let them slug it out. Let the field sort of thin out because there's a lot of people that will not make it to the second debate. The first debate is next week, but then the second debate is at uh, the Reagan uh, Library Foundation um, right there in Simi Valley, and that one is going to be in September. And the criteria for the second debate is always much tougher than the first debate. So you can make the case if you're President Trump that maybe you hop in on the second or third debate or you wait till it gets to the general if you're so far ahead. Uh, there's a couple different strategies there, but maybe you wait until the field is sort of thinned out. Uh, why does he have to go up there against somebody who is maybe 1%? Or do you think it's a good idea just because it's America? Dom says, hey, you know, go out there, you know, show yourself, look into the camera and say, you know, American public, I'm here for you. I'm not here for these other people. Uh, I just think it is going to be too tempting for him to take a swipe. That's just his nature. That's his style. He is a fighter. And by the way, if he wasn't a fighter, he wouldn't be standing after all these lawsuits that are being thrown at him left and right, including that latest one from Fulton County, Georgia. I mean, that's why they keep coming at him, because they know he's a fighter and they don't want a fighter. I don't think on the GOP side. I mean, to me, it looks so political what they're throwing at him. But here is President Trump. Now, he spoke yesterday with Larry Kudlow, of course, on Fox Business And he says he is ready to take the fight. And he says he just should have everybody coalesce around him. I agree. I mean, look, of course he wants that. Every candidate wants that. But who knows where the race goes? I don't blame other people for for staying in. But clearly, Trump is absolutely the guy to beat at this hour. And I think it will stay that way. But let's see. You never know. Politics, sometimes crazy things happen. And this has been the wildest election season ever. I mean, if somebody said, okay, there's four indictments, uh, you'd go, what? Even one indictment. So who knows? This is, there's, this has been an election season full of surprises, but he says he is ready to take the fight and especially to Joe Biden. Take a listen. We have a man that's grossly incompetent. We're going to end up in a world war the way he could end up in World War Three, which is going to be a nuclear war. Uh, he doesn't understand what MAGA means. If you asked him right now to define MAGA or to say what MAGA is, he would not be able to say make America great again. He's always saying MAGA, those MAGA people. But if you would say, what does MAGA stand for? He wouldn't know. He wouldn't be able to tell you that. But, you know, it's called make America great again. And right now. Again, is probably you have to use it because 
We don't have a great country. We have a country that's a laughing stock all over the world. We have a president who can't properly represent us. He goes to meetings in foreign countries and he makes a fool out of himself. He's a fool. Mm. And I can just imagine President Xi, uh, all of these these leaders that I've gotten to know so well, Macron, they're laughing at this whole situation. Nobody can believe it. Yeah, they probably are because they're going, God, what a banana republic we are living in. Uh, and, and then on the flip side, all these details are coming out about these aliases tried, you know, tied to Joe Biden. I mean, who knows where it's going to go? I said what a crazy election season it is. Who knows what's going to happen on the Democratic side? I'm not sure that Joe Biden is going to be the guy on the other side. There is so much stuff coming out against Joe Biden. And it seems like there's this effort to go up against Joe Biden right now because there is so much stuff that just keeps leaking and leaking and leaking. And even Democrats will say to you, you know, uh, I'm not really sure. Maybe uh, Michelle Obama, maybe Gavin Newsom, RFK, who knows where it's going to go. There is this is such this is the wildest election season ever. And then we get these details about Joe Biden's secret aliases, these email aliases, where it turns out when he was vice president, he was sending all this stuff to the Ukrainian president and other people, high level people. And he's ceasing his son, Hunter, and he's using these fake email names, uh, Robin Ware, J.R.B. Ware, Robert L. Peters. These fake names, and this comes when he was using all of these shell companies. I mean, this is just, it's, it, there's something so fishy about all of this between that and between the shell companies and the money and the this. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next week or two? What if Robert L. Peters suddenly had, uh, millions upon millions of dollars, uh, sent to him at a bank account, uh, in Timbuktu? I wouldn't put it past, believe me, the way things have been going lately. And this has been a wild, wild ride. And here is Rudy Giuliani. Uh, and he is talking about what he thinks some of these emails, when James Comer gets a hold of these emails from the National Archives, what they could show. Take a listen. You're going to find out that Joe was into all of this. He knew all about it, talked it over with his son, has been lying for 30 years. When his son wasn't doing it, his brother was doing it other members of his family. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can tell you from the hard drive, I can get it up to about 50 million that they took. But I know it's more because the hard drive is about one-third of their activity. Did anybody pay taxes on the 50 million? I doubt it, John. You know, maybe some. Some got like, um, some, of the, some of it was given back to him. For example, Hunter for a while paid rent to his father for living in the house that he owned, that he, Hunter, Hunter owned. So that was a way of... just a bribe. Straight out, not bribe, yeah. But I think that was included in Joe's income. Some of it was, some of it wasn't. And some of it is probably in offshore accounts that the FBI has never bothered to go get. And so today... There's obviously all these high-level meetings that have been happening. Uh, we know at Camp David with the South Korean leader and also with Japan and President Biden. And reporters get to ask a question to Jake Sullivan. He's the national security advisor to President Biden. 
and you know that things are bursting through now because it's so obviously transparent that this at least needs to be investigated because this is serious stuff. If the president's on the take and if he changed policies for millions upon millions of dollars going to his son and eventually potentially him, I mean, there is just so much here that at least needs to be looked into so the American public can have confidence that our president isn't on the take. And when you see these aliases, it's like a mob. It's like drug dealers. I mean, it's crazy. So Jake Sullivan, who is the national security advisor, gets asked this question today. And you can tell he's like, uh, I know nothing. I don't want to say anything. Listen to this exchange that just happened today. Republicans in the House Oversight Committee are currently investigating the Biden family's ties to foreign entities. They have specifically pointed to Hunter Biden's financial ties with China. Um, does the administration view this investigation as legitimate? And is the administration concerned that Hunter Biden's ties to China pose a national security issue? I don't have any comment on that. So does Hunter Biden and all that pose a national security issue? Uh, no comment. He doesn't want to go there. But at least they're asking the question of him. And these questions are not going to go away. And that's why podcaster Joe Rogan made this pronouncement that's making a lot of headlines. Listen to this. I think, I mean, I'm an armchair uh, conspiracy theorist. But uh, if I had to guess, I would say that all this stuff that's coming out slowly but surely about Biden is on purpose. And they want they want to get rid of him. I think he wants to run again. And I don't think the Democrats think that he can win. I think they're right. And I think they're going to slowly but surely expose more of these uh, like very clear pieces of evidence of corruption. Yeah. yeah. The 20 million dollars is bananas. The fact that this isn't all over the New York Times and the Washington Post and mainstream news, that they're not blaring it from the rooftops because, you know, they would be if it was Trump. Yeah, they definitely would. But it's it's interesting that he's saying, you know, Democrats want to get rid of him, that this is sort of some secret plan. And I think Democrats are realizing not want to get not intentionally like trying to create this. They know it's there and they also just know it's bad. I actually think they know it. There's something in their gut when they see all these details that Comer's coming out with. It just looks so darn fishy. It looks, you know, there's something unseemly. And even right now, the fact that all these things were bought, the Porsche and the houses, uh, looks like, you know, the payments for the rent. And then remember, there's that message that I've been paying dad X percent. I'm sick of paying dad X percent. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, even Democrats are realizing this stinks. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to JC on line five. JC, your thoughts from Pennsylvania, my friend. Hey, first of all, uh, Rita, some comics should do uh, like a redo of Bye Bye Birdie, and it should be Bye Bye Biden, Bye no. Bye Biden, Goodbye. Hey, big guy, don't you cry. So it's really a no-brainer with Donald Trump. Okay, he shouldn't go to the first debate. There's no reason to. Okay. Um, and he's right. He should pull the party should pull together. You know, it's it's just like uh, a baseball or a football game. Uh, you know, when the stakes are so high, you're bringing your best players, but you don't bring your closer till you have to bring your closer in. Okay, so what he should be doing is 
like he's going to do some alternative stuff. But when he gets to the second and third debate, to build on what Dom said, what he should be doing is, is suggesting to his opponents in the primary, when they come up with some points and say, hey, you know what? That's a great idea. When I'm president, I'll make you secretary of this, or I'll put you in this position, just to throw it in their face and sort of defuse them. And I think he should align with, with the people in his party and start really aligning with them and trying to pick the ones he can work with to actually create a new cabinet, a new government, before he even gets there. Yeah, I. by the way, and I think that that's in the works, JC. I think you bring up a great point because I think some of the ones – are, you know, that maybe they're hoping there's some, uh, you know, lightning strikes and something's going to happen where it changes the dynamic. I mean, it has absolutely been the craziest election season, but I think most of them realize that if they're anywhere at the White House, it's going to be in a cabinet position or they're hoping maybe for a VP choice. Tim Scott's another name that's out there. Tim Scott, I think, is a really interesting guy and like Vivek. A positive kind of a, you know, a, a pro, very pro America, very, um, you know, happy warrior, if you will, uh, looking forward. I think, you know, those kind of personalities seem to be resonating right now. Uh, so I could, I could see him maybe saying, Hey, you know, Tim Scott, South Carolina, by the way, is a key state. That's an important state too in the primary process. You know, maybe he might be my, uh, number two. Yeah. I could, I could see a lot of that. Happening, uh, and who knows? Also, maybe Nikki Haley. Uh, I could see Vivek maybe in the cabinet. Of course, nobody will say that now. They're all saying that they're running and hoping that, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Trump gets hit by a bus or something happens or he decides to step out. That ain't gonna happen. None of that's gonna happen. I don't think. I mean, look at all the things that's already come out of it. He's still standing. I mean, what is he going to have as opposed to 700 years in prison, potentially 900 years? I mean, at this point, it's like, oh, another indictment, another month, another indictment. But who knows? I mean, this is wild, you know. And again, who knows if it's going to be a Trump Biden? It might be, you know, it might be a Trump Michelle Obama, a Trump Gavin Newsom. I mean, you just don't know. Uh, you do not know, uh, and he's just wondering where it's going to be. But I agree with you. I don't think there's a benefit. Real quick, by the way, Sharon also, you know, I always read the tweets, too. Sharon, you sent me a tweet, and it says, President Trump absolutely should not show up for the debate. If he's there, all of the slings and arrows will be pointed at him. Let the others beat up on each other, and that'll be good times. So we'll keep the tweets coming, keep the calls coming. We'll continue after the break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Dancing in the moonlight here on the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. Certainly not a boring week it has been. What a wild week it has been between all the news that is percolating 
And next week, even if Trump is not in the debate, it is certainly going to be one for the record books just to see how these other candidates. I love the debates and I always watch them. And I will this one, regardless of whether Trump is just, you know, to see where these others, how they are, how they interact. Uh, you know, is there somebody else there uh, that could be in the running? And also to see how they interact with each other, because I always think it is incredibly, incredibly telling to see where things are going. By the way, in some of the new polls that are coming out, uh, people were asked, OK, well, who would you pick uh, versus each other? And some of the high ones that Mark uh, seemed to be vying for the second place, if you will, is, of course, Trump on the top. DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, and Tim Scott seem to be sort of duking it out, if you will, for that second place. And, of course, they want first place. And you never know. I mean, there there are so many crazy things that are going on uh, at this moment. And yet Trump still clearly seems like the guy to beat on the GOP side. One of the big issues is going to be border. And coming up in the next hour, we're going to be talking about the migrant crisis in America because it is exploding in New York and everywhere else. Some new numbers coming out that are showing in El Paso, which is just right there, and they are getting flooded. If you think it's bad in New York and elsewhere, wow, you should see what it's like in El Paso. And even though it is hot in Texas, the numbers are up. Because that border is still wide, wide open. And you know the border is going to be a huge issue for sure at the debate and in the campaign in general. Because, boy, has Biden done a lousy job with that. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina, line two. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Trump should do the debate or not? Definitely not. And uh, you know what, Rita? Funny, you're rocking out on Friday night. You are an American woman and dancing in the moonlight. Where's my drumsticks? Oh. Thank you. Hey, you you put them all together there, Mike, for me. Thank you. No problem. You know, no, I think you should, you know, just uh, take a pause and let them duke it out. You know, he's still going up in, in, in the uh, ratings. And he'll get, I didn't know that until you mentioned it, Rita, you know, with your history of, you know, White House correspondent and journalist. The criteria is the second debate. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a beautiful story coming from Peralta, New Mexico, where a veteran Willie Chavez was recently honored for serving and for his incredible time in the U.S. Army, uh, which was from 1959 to 1965. Chavez was presented with a certificate and a pin for his contribution to the military and the country and for advancing the universal hope of freedom and liberty for all. Uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs has been taking care, by the way, of veteran Chavez, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in May of 2021. He has been receiving home health care. And his wife said, all I can say to all of you at the ceremony is thank you, thank you, thank you for appreciating and taking care of my husband and all veterans. We are both so thankful for this beautiful moment 
uh, and also appreciative of this great country. So beautiful words and also so wonderful to see our veterans always being honored as they should be. Well, because I feel so strongly about our veterans, I hate when I see all these homeless veterans who are looking for shelter, who need help. And this comes at a time as we're talking about what's happening with migrants in our country. And just to give you an idea, New York City alone, it basically costs about $10,000 a month per migrant. That's a very expensive price tag. And the mayor is predicting it's going to cost $12 billion by next year. That is a staggering, staggering number. Think about what could be done with that kind of money. Even if they get some money from the federal government uh, more or they get some more from the state, still it doesn't matter. Think about if that money could be used to house veterans, to house others who are desperately, desperately in need. Right now, we're at a time where we certainly need the help in this country. And so my heart breaks when I see this sort of misplacement of priorities and also the fact that we are not checking. We're not vetting. We're not vetting them. We're not doing a lot of these things. And this comes as New York is busting at the seams. We've even heard from the mayor who says there's no more room at the inn. And he's trying to get this, you know, declaration of emergency. I contend it was an emergency the minute President Biden took office in terms of the border. And where's the borders are in all this? Where is Kamala Harris, who's the borders are? She's silent, doesn't say a word. The fact that she did basically a, a pop over there. And then remember when President Biden went, he like popped in for a few minutes, too. I mean, this is just nuts. This is a huge crisis in our country. And the president has been silent. The border czar has been silent. Mayorkas, every time he testifies, and he did again this week, it's like, oh, the border's fine. What are you talking about? This, to me, is catastrophic. And it's so bad that now they are looking again at all these different sites. And more and more are popping up. And residents are just going, wait a minute. And the school year is about to start. That's the other thing, too. We've got a school year where they're now expecting thousands upon thousands of illegal migrant kids popping into classrooms. Many of them don't know the language. They're getting popped into a classroom and, and it's like they're in a, in a bind. The kids that are in the classroom are in a bind because suddenly now there's like a lot more kids in the classroom and many of them don't speak the language either. There's just so many issues that are happening and you're going to put them there with the language issues, with the potential health issues, because we don't know. They haven't been vetted. They haven't been checked. There are so many problems with all of this. And yet I want to hear from leadership, especially in a city like New York City, The mayor should be saying, you know what, Mr. President, plug the border. This is your problem. You own it. But also, he also needs to look in the mirror and realize that his big advertisement for Sanctuary City uh, certainly invited them in. And they haven't said that yet. They're like, oh, where do they all come from? Well, they came because... Who wouldn't want to come to New York City and get all these free things that are supplied to them? And they're going to keep on coming if you keep saying it's okay and all you keep doing is asking for money. They're just going to keep on coming. So when does it end? I don't know when it ends. 
Because guess what? Unless you have somebody who really says they're going to plug the border, and certainly if a Republican gets into the White House next go-round, they will say that. I think any of those candidates that are there on the stage that will be on the debate stage next week, and Trump even if he doesn't come, uh, any of them will say, yeah, they'll plug it on day one. But this is just a disaster, and Democrats have to realize that they created it and they own it. Here is Bruce Blakeman. He is the county executive for Nassau County, New York, where they're talking about moving a whole bunch of migrants potentially in. And this is what he says about New York City. Well, Nassau County is not a sanctuary county. We haven't invited the migrants to come to our county, like New York City, San Francisco, Chicago, and so many other places. It's kind of like... So your neighbor is inviting people to stay at his home. He's going to give them an allowance. He's going to give them food. He's going to give them shelter. He's going to give them a bicycle. And when he's tired of them or there's too many of them, he's going to go next door to you and tell you you have to take them. It's outrageous. We don't have to take people in this program that's not federally funded that would be a burden to our schools, a burden on our social services, and quite frankly, a major crime problem. I'm going to fight that with all my breath. And uh, again, New York City invited the migrants in. Don't complain now that you're being overwhelmed. Exactly. Uh, don't complain now, although I think there's a lot of people who are saying, wait, 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 I didn't necessarily vote for this. I didn't necessarily want this in my backyard. And this comes at the same time where there's so many of these sort of trying to be politically correct. Uh, there's so much problems with gangs and crime and everything else in major cities across this country. And uh, I think about in Chicago, Brandon Johnson trying to be, quote, PC with the verbiage against looters. You know, there are so many of these flash mobs that are taking place across the country. And there was this flash mob at a 7-Eleven. And what does the Chicago mayor say? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, don't call those thugs mobs. No, no, no. That's not a nice thing to say. Are you kidding me? Focus on the crime. Who could forget this? Oh, you're not aware of some of these large gatherings? No. That's 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 not appropriate. We're not talking about mob actions. I didn't say that. What I, okay, what I'm hold on a second. Okay, respectfully, these large gatherings, these large gatherings. Just hold on a second, y'all. I promise you, we have time to talk. It's important that we speak of these dynamics in an appropriate way. This is not to obfuscate what is actually taking place. But we have to be very careful when we use language to describe certain behavior. There's history in this city. I mean, to refer to children as like baby Al Capones is not appropriate. So, so, so let me just, so just let me, just let me finish, please, okay? What I'm saying is, is that when you ask for very specific examples, there have been other attempts to have large gatherings, and we've intercepted those attempts. Pray for Chicago. I mean, these crazy, they're consumed with being PC as opposed to practical, like cracking down on illegal migrants, cracking down on teen gangs and robbers and the mob. Yet the Chicago mayor is so worried about calling them a mob, saying that that's unfair. By the way, 
crime is so bad in Chicago. Uh, there is a group there that is called Native Sons, and they just came out recently and they called on gang members to do a ceasefire between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Things are so bad that they're begging the gangs not to fire during basically daytime hours, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., uh, pledging. Can you imagine living in a place where they're like, could you please not open fire until uh, 9.01 p.m.? And the gangs are just laughing at this. I Listen, I, I, I'm I glad someone's trying to stop them, at least. But to put a timetable on when you can open fire, don't you think that that's what the mayor should be focused on, as opposed to calling these teen looters, uh, making sure that they're appropriately tagged and not called the mob? What a mess. And then also, in the middle of all this, we think about the price tag that we're spending on all of these migrants. We could be using this money, as I talked about, for veterans. What about also for police? Because we are in a dire crisis with law enforcement. We're in a dire crisis with staffing on so many different levels. We could use so many more law enforcement on many major cities across this country and in small towns. And things are so bad right now with police. They just feel like they're just raising their hands up and saying, you know, uh, we can't do anything that our hands are tied, we're not getting paid enough, they're having trouble recruiting. Because sadly, who wants to be a cop now? And that's a really sad thing. We need great, courageous men and women uh, who want to defend. But they're seeing this revolving door. And then they're seeing a crazy mayor like that guy in Chicago saying, oh, let's not talk about crime. Let's not call them mobs. I mean, you know, this is what they're dealing with. So they're getting it from both ends. And they're saying, who wants to be a police officer now? And so... In this small town, here's a classic case of it. In Goodhue, Minnesota, the city of Goodhue has found itself in such a bad situation that next week the city is going to be without local law enforcement, that the police chief announced at a city hall meeting that it is just too low pay and they're having such trouble with recruiting that nobody wants to join the force. So they're closing their doors. So there will no longer be law enforcement in the town of Goodhue, Minnesota. Don't you think maybe we could spend some of our migrant money for the illegal migrants that we're doing with all the shelters? We talked about $12 billion in New York. What if we just put a little bit and send some of it to Goodhue, Minnesota, so they can actually have a police force? This is an astounding moment because here is the police chief of Goodhue at the city council members explaining why. Guess what? They just can't be in business anymore. Listen to this. Like I said, we, this has been three weeks now. We've got zero applicants, and I have zero prospects. I've called every PD around to get for the youngest guys out there getting into the game. There's nobody getting into the game. How sad is that? There is nobody who wants to get into the game. Uh, they don't feel they're getting paid enough. They're not appreciated enough. Uh, and then they see that they're begging and asking for money, and they're like, wait, 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 these migrants are getting this? Don't you think we could use a little bit of the twelve billion? Why don't you give the police twelve bucks more an hour? You know, I mean, about just imagine maybe they would have enough. I mean, this is crazy. They are cutting back on safety in some cities, and yet we're hearing ka-ching, 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 and the next shelter is going up and up and up, popping up 
uh, like a little garden with flowers everywhere. Although uh, a lot of people think it's weeds as opposed to flowers. Some of them are smoking weed, too, but that's a whole other story. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania on Line 5. Dave, how do we fix this? Uh, well, first off, you know, I think everyone should ask these leftist mayors, do they believe their cities is a sanctuary for their, for the American citizen and especially for our patriots who gave almost everything or is it should be illegal aliens, many of which are criminal elements that are coming across the border, released from the jails from Central America and other areas, including terrorists. Furthermore, Rita, any money that's going to be uh, allocated should be to set up stations to properly screen these. The worst thing we could do is fund this and support this so they can enable them to be stayed here and house them. That would be like planning a seed for uh, uh, for future uh, leftist empowerment of the leftist elitist and the globalist. That's exactly what they want. But it's it's a it's a very dangerous thing. We have to be very cautious about that. Well, and Dave, I'm waiting for the day that Joe Biden is going to maybe say, you know what, uh, maybe we'll close the border now. Let's work out some deal. Maybe we'll close the border. But, you know, those millions upon millions that are here in America, we're just going to make them legal and we're going to make them able to vote. There's the deal. I can see him trying to say that and say, oh, since they're already here, we can't send them back. We can't send uh, tens of millions back now, you know. I mean, and who knows how many more are here uh, you're right. It, it has to be part of an intentional philosophy and policy because it's just so obvious that there are problems. It's just so blatant and they don't want to admit it. Um, let's go to Tony real quick. Line six. Tony, your thoughts about this. Very quick, Rita. Two things. Number one, it is getting very serious because now even if you protest as Curtis Sliwa did with with this group that was just protesting at Creedmoor, you know, they will arrest you for for even speaking up and saying you don't want this to happen. So but people really need to being- speak up. And by the way, I say kudos to Curtis for doing that because he's bringing attention to it. You know, it's important. I think I, I wish more people were out there and, and I'm glad to see it looks like big crowds. Uh, but I hope that more and more do it because you need to speak out. It's why it, it just it defies logic. Uh, that it's continuing and this sort of pointing the finger blame game between the Democratic leaders. Uh, well, no, I need more money here. No, I need more money here. All right. Use that energy and start protesting at the border. Do us all a favor and start waking up and and talking about that. And I applaud anybody who's out there protesting. And uh, Curtis is going out again on Sunday. I think it's going to be a 79th arrest. I say bravo to him. I think, you know, I, I think it's good. Lead the charge. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Yeah, man. 
months away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty, Betty, when you call me. Or you could call me uh, Robert L. Peters. Wasn't that the name that Biden used on one of his email aliases? I still got to figure out where Robert L. Peters came from. The uh, RJB, where, beware of him. We are aware of him now. Uh, and we may be a lot more aware of him next week because Comer is trying to get to the bottom of his documents. And boy, Biden needs to be asked about the border. The media needs to wake up and realize, and I hope if there's any solace with all of these migrant shelters popping up all over the country, including busting at the seams in places like New York City, hopefully it's garnering enough attention that they will start asking the questions of this president at the White House because his philosophy and those who have supported these sanctuary cities have created this dilemma. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line 8. Norm, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Uh, The illegal immigration will not end until civil disobedience and protest makes our elected officials feel our wrath. For that reason, I am joining Curtis Lewa this Sunday at 2 p.m. at Midlands Beach Senior Center, Staten Island, 1111 Father Capadano Boulevard. And I call on all your patriotic callers to join him and me. All right. I bet you're going to have a big crowd. And, uh, Norm, you got to fill us in. And I know Curtis will, too. On Monday, we got to hear how it goes. I hope I don't have to bail Curtis out. That might happen on Sunday because that would be arrest 79. We'll have to get the update on that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Line 7, Pete, uh, your thoughts about the migrant dilemma. Rita, to follow Norman is an honor. Uh, Here's what's going on in Staten Island. I'm going to take a real risk of saying this, but it's the truth. Right now they're running one-unit police cruisers, uh, which was a big mistake because when they make a stop, yeah, you, yeah, get to the point if you could, Pete, because we just have a little bit left. Okay, the protocol is two units, two cops to go to the cars for a stop. Putting one officer is a danger. That's why they put two officers. Right. Second of all, a lot of people, a lot of these uh, illegal uh, people, immigrants, or whatever we want to call them, invaders, are going into people's yards and going in their swimming pools and everything and taking over the back of the porches. Wait, wait, wait. Is that happening in Staten Island? That's happening in Staten Island. Any area, the safest plots are the hill parts because it's very hard to get to. Wow. Pete, you know what? You just told me something interesting because I hadn't heard uh, that they were, like, starting to swim in residents' homes and neighborhoods and uh, getting into the pools. I know that's happening. By the way... Pete, as you're talking about what's going on in New York, can you imagine what's happening in Texas where thousands upon thousands of them are crossing every day? It's like, uh, where's that pool party?